0: Man, come on. Some of you yelled louder when Dallas was playing and they scored that touchdown. I know you did. Can we praise Jesus this morning? Come on. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Praise the Lord. He's better than any quarterback out there. Amen. And he will not fumble the ball or throw an interception. No. God is good. Yes. Tell somebody next to you that God is good. Now tell them God is great. Now tell them God is amazing. amazing. Now tell them God is wonderful. All right, praise the Lord. He's good, yes? I'm so glad to see all of you guys here this morning, all of you that are watching online. I feel dark. Am I dark? Okay, good. That's all right. Oh, never mind. Whoa, I didn't. Now I can't see you guys. I didn't know, I, I just, I would. I felt like a, a purple shadow up here, but it's all good. Uh, I'm glad you guys are here this morning, glad you're watching online, watching our stream. Uh, God is moving, he's doing some awesome things, and dude, we're just praising him, because it's all about, who's it all about? Jesus. Jesus Christ, amen? It's all about Jesus Christ, okay? So we're going to talk about Jesus again this morning, so if you've got a Bible, uh, go back to the Old Testament book of Isaiah, the prophet, In the Old Testament, your Bible and Bible apps again this morning. And we have some very special guests this morning that I want to acknowledge. We have the Brennan family who's here with us this morning. Yes, Matt and Sarah and their family. Uh, They were, were pastors here for what, 10 years, 12 years Probably felt like 40 years, you know what I mean? Like long, long times in the wilderness. But no, it's awesome that they're here and, and it's a joy. And I know many of you guys have been visiting with them and seeing with them. They did awesome work for the Lord here for, for a decade and so. And, 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 and we're building on top of the seeds that they planted and the foundations that la- they laid and the pastors before them. And it's just awesome, awesome to have them. They were here for the fader, uh, Ella's quinceanera. Friday night. So they came all the way down. That's true friends right there. I know Will and Tiffany appreciate that much. So if, if you don't know who they are, meet them at the end of the, at the, end of the service. I was about to say season. Um, that's going to be a long sermon if, a, if we're talking about a season. But um, we're just joy to have them with us this morning. So guys, if you're going on the men's, oh so men's Christmas skeet shoot, <laughs> uh, Logan right there, raise your hand, Logan. He'll be in the lobby. See him. He's coordinating well, if, we're, if you want to go to lunch or whatnot, he's he's the man with the plan. All right, he's the man with the plan. So we're going to read Isaiah again this week, uh, chapter nine. Last week we read verses one through seven for context, but but today and next week and even December thirty uh, first on Sunday, we're going to only read verses six and seven of this very famous passage from the prophet Isaiah. Especially around Christmas time, this is going to be our text last week and for the next few weeks. So the prophet writes, and many of you can can quote it by heart, like I said last week, we see it on Christmas cards, Christmas greetings over on Hobby Lobby, Uh, it's on, on signage and stuff like that. So let's all say it together out loud if we could, okay? For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom. Praise the Lord. Now, like I I mentioned last week, you know, when the prophet Isaiah was uh, inspired by the Holy Spirit to write this, and to prophesy about the Messiah coming. He didn't sit down going, man, that would make a great Christmas greeting. I can't wait till, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years down the line when people will put it on Christmas cards and they'll send it to each other and put it on their walls. No, this was a messianic prophecy, okay? Um, Talking about a forecoming king that would be a deliverer of Israel. And and Isaiah was prophesying in chapters seven and eight We talked about this last week, that dark, dismal, and even hopeless days were on the horizon very soon for the people of God because they had rebelled against the Lord. And judgment was coming upon them. And and, and matter of fact, you'll find in Isaiah 8, uh, Isaiah and his wife are going to have a son. We talked about him last night, or last night, sheesh. Last week, uh, and he would, his name means, you know, speed to the plunder. And it was a reminder to all of them of what was to come. The Assyrians were coming. And they were going to bring the judgment of the Lord. And so in Isaiah's prophecy, we see them living in dark and gloomy days in verses 2 of chapter 9. It was not going to be a good time for the people of God. And so what the Israelite people would need, they would need a champion. They would need a hero. And that's when Isaiah prophesied under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, verses 6 to 7, that a human child would be born, but an eternal son would be given. And so last week we unpacked the first majestic name and title that the prophet gave to Jesus, wonderful counselor. Today I want us to look at and unpack the second name, almighty God. Jesus is... Almighty God, right? Tell that to somebody next to you as a testimony, okay? Yeah. The people of Israel needed Jesus Almighty God, and so do we today in the year 2023, amen? Amen. I mean, I heard one right here in the front row, but we, we all agree that, correct? The people of Israel needed a hero... And so do we today, right? Look, everyone loves a story with a good hero, right? Raise your hand if you do. Yeah, are, are you human? You, then you love a story with a good hero. Now, if you love the villain, then maybe there needs to be some prayer for you, okay? Because you should love the hero, all right? There, there's just something inside of us that just love. It lo- we, we love seeing the good guys kick the bad guys' butts, right? We love that. There's just something about the good guy in a cue, rising, dramatic music right here. The good guy overcoming the odds. Where's Paul? You get on the piano, the, key, the organ. I need you right now, right? Overcoming the odds facing insurmountable obstacles and enemies and villains and then triumphing over them and then saving the people that are in duress or distress. Come on, we love some good hero stuff, don't we, right? There's something about the heroic that resonates in all of us. We cheer for them. We, we look up to them. Many try to emulate them and imitate them. We pay good money to watch fictional heroes on the big screen. You guys remember? Let's, let's go through some memory lane here. How many of you remember Rocky Balboa going against all of the odds and fighting vicious fighters and winning six times? Six times he had to do this, right? Six times. I'll never forget. Rocky two, okay? I mean, Rocky and Rocky One. he just got beat by Apollo Creed, you know, he's humbled, he's been humiliated, he's going to give up the gloves, and he just has a baby, a baby is born, all right? And, and Adrian, his wife is laying there, and he's holding his precious son. And he's talking about giving up the gloves, and if she wants him to, he'll he'll quit it all. And she goes, Rocky, you know, she's the, the the camera focuses on her. I just want you to do one thing. Win. you know, and all of a sudden, bing, you hear those fighting bells go and she goes, when? And then Mickey in the corner goes, what are we waiting for? And then all of a sudden it's, you know, and he wins and then he wins the next time and he, he, he beats Mr. T, then he beats the Russian, then he beats his protagonist. Right, we love it. We, 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 we love heroes. We love heroes. You, many of you guys have, have stories of, of, of heroes What about the young boy growing up on Tatooine who never knew his father, right? But he dreamed about being a space fighter and a pilot, eventually becoming one of the greatest Jedis ever, you know? Even saving his own father. What? Come on, right? What about Frodo Baggins taking 11 months, one week and six days on March 25th to get the ring to Mount Doom where it was finally destroyed, right? And and, and what's to say of, of the incredible Nacho risking everything in the ring to save the orphans, right? My favorite hero of all time, right? My life is good, really good, right? Let's not forget all the heroes in the Marvel universe that so many have grown to love, right? You know, there's, there's one guy that, that sits in the tech booth all the time that routinely still dons an outfit or two, and that's a good thing, right, Will? That's a good thing. You may see him as Spider Man, sometimes you'll see him as Captain America. That's all right, yeah. But but we've all watched these superheroes for the past decade and, and a half one repeat, and you know, we all cried when Iron Man died, right? You know? We all cheered when all three Spider Men got together in the same movie, Maguire, Garfield and Holland, right? Dude, growing up I watched man, I read so many comic book comic books of superheroes. Anybody else read comic books growing up? Anybody still read comic books? Okay, yeah, they're still out there. But I watched, I watched every cartoon that I could regarding superheroes, Super Friends, every, Sunday, every Saturday morning, man. I, I, I tuned into Super Heroes and the Super Friends with the Justice League, battling the Legion of Doom. There's the Wonder Twins, Apache Chief, all those good guys. Anybody, you guys look at me kind of blank. Anybody else watch Super Friends? Okay, thank you. I'm like, am I, was I the only one? No, right. I love those heroes. Uh, Man, I wanted to be like them. I acted like them. I played with the toys when we were little boys. Me and my brother Jeff, we even wore the superhero underoos. Anybody else wear those? That my mom had bought us, right? My mom... She, she paper clipped a towel, a bath towel around our necks. We would fly all over the house, man, in, in those underoos, those tidy. They weren't whiteys. They, depending on what underroo you wanted, Superman or the Hawk, they were green or blue. We flew all over the house in our little tidy underoos, all right? Just think for a moment of all the many heroes, male and female, that you've looked up to in your life. You know, I, I listed a whole bunch of fictional ones, right? And I could have, could have continued all day long, right? I mean, Indiana Jones, most Disney characters, Taylor Swift. No big cheers for, where's the Swifties? I thought I'd get a huge roar from the Swifties, all right? No. But gang, those are fictional. And life is filled with so many real life heroes as well, right? Real life heroes, heroes in war, heroes that serve in the military. Heroes throughout history in social justice and crossing racial barriers, political heroes, heroes in education, heroes in the medical field. There have been heroes throughout history in every walk of life. And I know that many of you have, have personal real-life heroes that, that you've met in your own lives, people who have helped you, who've inspired you, who've, who, who've lifted you. And many of you might have some incredible testimonies and stories of real-life heroes who have helped out, man, in your life, okay? But these characters that we watched and read about growing up or even today or, or that we've seen and known in real life, listen, they are nothing, Nothing compared to the one who I'm talking about this morning. This morning we're talking about Jesus, wonderful counselor, mighty God. Show that that picture. This is a a meme that's traveled all over social media. And uh, it should be up there here in a minute. Maybe not. That's okay. Oh, it is? Oh, I don't see it back here. That's all right. Yeah. We're talking about Jesus. Isn't that a cool meme? I love that. How many have seen that before? Yeah, it's pretty cool. You know, Jesus is presenting the gospel to these guys. Hopefully they got saved and we'll see them in heaven. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, but we've been talking a, about the name of God in our series for quite a while. Hello, my name is God. And three weeks ago, we started talking about the name of Jesus with Emmanuel. But, but today, this, this title or this name, Mighty God, it, it speaks of both of God and of Jesus. Mighty one is the name for God. That's the Hebrew name El Gibor. El Gibor, G-I-B-B-O-R. And what this Hebrew name El Gibor means is a mighty man. It means a warrior. It, it, It indicates a champion. And it means a hero. I love that. It means a hero. The Hebrew name and title has this meaning of a strong warrior, a valiant person to one whom all power is given. It's like the strongest man in a fight or like a mighty champion. That's El Gibor. And on studying and preparing for this message, uh, you know, you guys, I, I love movies. How many of you know that? I mean, a scene, when I heard, you know, uh, the strongest man or a mighty champion, a scene came right into my mind There's, you know, there's a guy, there's a a scene in a movie that kind of shows the essence of this name, El Gabor, in the movie called Troy. There's a guy by the name of Brad Pitt. How many of you guys have heard of him? There's a lot of people who think I bear, I I look a lot like him. I, I know he gets tired of saying, dude, are you Greg Isaacs? You know, he probably gets tired of that. But, um... But Brad Pitt plays Achilles, the strongest mythological warrior and hero in the Greek army during the Trojan War. And there's this scene to where both armies are are squared off against each other. And Achilles comes out and this other strong guy comes out and it's like, winner wins. You know what I mean? And armies get to go home. And so he comes out and he does his little running, running. And the guy's grunting with him. He jumps up and right in the neck and the the big champ, the other guy falls down and everybody cheers and Achilles wins because he was the strongest man. He was the, the mighty champion, all right? Well, listen, El Gibor is the strongest, the most mightiest of all champions. And this is speaking of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the champion, praise the Lord. He is the champion. There's no other champion like Jesus. He is the most and the greatest champion. Hallelujah. How many of you guys remember the artist Carmen? Anybody remember Carmen back in the day? He had a song called, guess what it was called? The Champion, right? And if you remember, man, I grew up and all these... uh, In the church world, it was so cool for youth groups to do these pantomime to to Christian songs. And every youth group, I think, in the Midwest would pantomime Carmen's champion where it was like a boxing match between Jesus and the devil. And, of course, Jesus comes out as a winner. Jesus gives him like a right hook and then an uppercut and the devil is out, all right? But Jesus is the champion. Jesus is the mighty one. Jesus is El Gibor. I love Isaiah's prophecy. He doesn't write wonderful counselor and puny God, not at all. He purposely writes wonderful counselor, mighty God, mighty God. And with El Gabor, the mighty God, gang, there is no kryptonite, right? Put kryptonite around Superman, what happens? He becomes weak sauce, all right? Not Jesus, not El Gibor. No weaknesses at all. No Achilles heel. Nothing that will make Jesus Christ weak. He is mighty. He is strong. He's the champion. He's a warrior. And he has the power to deliver. The power to deliver. Praise the Lord. See, Jesus is divine. The mighty God. Jesus was fully God and fully man, and he did and will do things that no one else can do or will do. And right now, as he's in heaven with the Father, he's omnipotent, he's all-powerful, he's omniscient, all-knowing, he's omnipresent, he's present everywhere as a member of the Godhead. And Jesus has the greatest strength, the greatest wisdom, and the greatest power. Pastor, and ooh, that that didn't sound good. That was a, a big old bang right there, Okay. Sorry, it's the ADHD kicking in. Sorry, everybody. Squirrel running. All right. Uh, pastor and theologian J. Vernon McGee wrote, He, Jesus, is the omnipotent God. That little baby lying helpless on Mary's bosom held the universe together. And he said, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. He is the mighty God. Praise the Lord. The psalmist writes in Psalm 24, 8, Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Deuteronomy 10, 17 says, for the Lord, your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, and the awesome God who is not partial and takes no bribe. So not only does El Gabor, the mighty God, mean all of that, but its true essence means hero hero. That's the noun tense of the Hebrew word El Gabor, the Hebrew name El Gabor. The noun means hero. And he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, hero, hero. And I know with with all the inundation, you know, I think of what all the superhero movies, I mean, it's like we've been pushed on for over a decade, right? And it's like, we get like, oh, not another one. Not on, anybody else agree that like Marvel phase two is just not very good? Anybody else? into the, it's just, Okay, we're like, oh, not another one, right? You, with all the superhero stuff going on, you may sing like, like that song from Tina, Tina Turner in the Mad Max movies. We don't need another hero. <laughs> Maybe that's you. Well, I'm sorry, Tina. Yes, we do. We need one hero. We need El Gabor, mighty God. We need Jesus Christ you need Jesus Christ. You need him as your hero. So I want to declare to you what the prophet was saying, and that Jesus is our champion. Jesus is our hero. He's our champion. He's our hero. You know, I love it. Anymore now, you know, you you sign up for an app or a website, and it always asks for a password, and there's always the the password hint, you know, that you've got to put in there. And, and one of the questions is always like, who is your hero? Anybody else put Jesus all the time? I do all the time. Like <laughs> Jesus is my hero. All right. And no one else does that? You sinners, come on, <laughs> man, you guys need to be redeemed. You know what I'm saying? No, just kidding. Jesus is our hero. All right. Jesus was Israel's true hero and Jesus is our true hero. And I want to talk about those two really quick. All right. Before we pray this morning. So, number one, how is Jesus Israel's hero? I think it's important for us to know this information. So, the, the Jewish narrative is filled with true life heroes, male and female. We, we read about them all throughout the Old Testament. If you're a student of God's Word, you'd be able to quote and name some of the heroes in the Jewish nation quite regularly. There were the patriarchs, there was Joshua, Rahab and Jericho, Samson, Deborah the judge, Gideon, the prophets, King Saul's son, Jonathan and his armor bearer. There was the heroics of King David and his mighty men. But sadly, when you study the Old Testament, you see that even as some, great as some of these were, they failed miserably quite a lot, all right? And many of them let the people down even after their heroics. So Isaiah is prophesying that one was coming to the nation of Israel who would not fail. He would never let his people down. So Jesus arriving, it it, it showed the Israelite people that God was not finished with them. He wasn't finished with them. God was still faithful to his covenant. You see, by the time Jesus arrived in the manger, God had been silent for nearly 400 years. No messages from God, no prophetic words, nothing. Nothing. Nothing, imagine that. Imagine your spouse not talking to you for 400 years, okay? Some of you might say, yeah. No, that's all right, that's not good. You need counseling. <laughs> but, um, but imagine if somebody is very important to you and you, look, and you just don't, no communication at all. You'd be like, dude, what's up? They're done with me. The, the people of Israel probably thought that with the Lord. Is he finished with us? Have we rebelled against him and sinned against him too many times? Has he left us? No messages from God, no no prophets, no prophetic word, nothing. So Jesus' arrival on that first Christmas morning showed that God had not forgotten them, that God still had a plan, and God was faithful to his covenantal promises. And Jesus coming and being their hero offered a better way to live than that, that was in direct contrast to their traditional religious ways. In the New Testament period of the Gospels, life was very hard for the Jewish man or Jewish woman. Not only was there severe oppression from the Roman occupiers and the Roman government, but the religious leaders, the the Jewish religious leaders had created like over 600 commandments and laws that the people were to follow or else. It was very difficult to keep all of these religious laws and religious ordinances and and religious traditions. And so Jesus comes on the scene and he confronted all of that and confronted those religious leaders and Jesus said, come follow me. And he offered a, a way of life that was full of love and grace and mercy and one in direct contrast and direct counter to their world at the time. It was very heroic for them. Another way Jesus was a hero to the Israelites is Jesus elevated women. He elevated women. That's right. Women were not thought of as being very important in the New Testament culture. They were looked down upon. They were used. They were greatly mistreated. And here comes Jesus. He elevates women. Jesus allowed a woman to anoint his head and anoint his feet in in much protest from those around him. Jesus forgave a woman caught in adultery and and saved her from those who had stones in their hand ready to stone her. Jesus appeared in person for the first time after his death on the cross to a woman after the resurrection. He could have easily waited to appear before the disciples and men. It's not like in that scene he, he he busts out of the tomb and then he's like, "Oh man, there's Mary right there. I got to hi Oh, oh, hi Mary. What are you doing?" You know? Like it's an accident. No, that was on purpose. And then he commissioned her to go and tell the disciples that he was alive. She was the first evangelist of the resurrection. These are just a few examples, but Jesus elevated women so much so that I believe that his example because of his example there were women in the early church. That's very heroic. Very heroic. Another reason is he brought hope into a hopeless scene. He brought hope to a hopeless people. I already, I already mentioned the silent years prior to Jesus' birth. But they were living in a hopeless and a helpless state. But Jesus arrived and began changing everything. He turned the world upside down. Ran, ran counterculture to, to, to that culture. He healed people. He delivered people. He raised people from the dead. And word spread about Jesus all over the land and people believed on him and followed him. He was their Messiah. Praise the Lord, Jesus, the mighty God. Jesus, the mighty God. And he fulfilled the prophecies about him in the Old Testament. But gang, Jesus didn't just come for the Israelites in the New Testament. He came for all of us as well. And he became the hero that we so desperately needed and still need. So how's Jesus our hero? Well, I'm going to bust through these things, these bullet points here like an Avenger. See what I did right there? Okay. And I want you to be encouraged. Be encouraged about these reminders of Jesus our hero. Let me remind you that Jesus took our sin upon Himself, and He paid our price, dude. That's heroic. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse twenty-one. The apostle Paul writes, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Praise the Lord. Do you understand the full implication of this? We deserve the full wrath of God. You understand that, right? You realize that, right? But Jesus took our place He experienced God's wrath so that we wouldn't have to. Gang, there's nothing more heroic than that, right? It's like you're standing in a courtroom in front of the judge and he smashes the gavel down. What does he say to you? Guilty. Guilty. And then he gives you your sentence. Death. Well, Greg, why would it be death? Because Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is You guessed it right. Five of you did. Death. But Jesus stands up in the courtroom. He walks up to the judge, right? And he says, I'm going to pay their sentence. I'm going to pay the price. I will die instead of them. I will pay their punishment. And that's exactly what Jesus did for you and for me, for all of you watching online. Amen. Oh, Greg, it's rudimentary. I already know that. Then get excited about it. Don't let it become old news. Let it encourage you. That's our hero, Jesus Christ, amen? Another way Jesus is our hero is he conquered sin, death, hell, and the grave, man. For you and for me, that's superheroic. He looked these negatives right in the eye and he overcame them powerfully for you and for me. Revelation chapter 118, Jesus said, I am the living one. I died and behold, I'm alive forevermore and I have the keys to death and Hades. (laughs) Praise the Lord, amen. (laughs) Jesus is the first person to rise to ever rise from the dead and then never die again. And we 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 read in the, the the Old Testament, New Testament that there were people that were raised to life miraculously, but guess what? They eventually died again. Jesus raised from the dead himself, and he stayed alive, and he is alive today. Praise the Lord! Again, without the resurrection, here's why this is so heroic. I mean, first off, to rise from the dead, whoo, that's awesome, high five Jesus, okay? But without the resurrection, there's no hope for you and me at all. You guys realize that? Paul writes about this, the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians. He writes that if Christ hadn't been raised from the dead, our faith is futile, it's worthless, doesn't mean anything, and we are still in sin. But he says, but praise God, he did raise from the dead, hallelujah, But the heroic truth is that Christ did die for us on the cross. He was laid in a tomb, and three days later, he rose again. And he destroyed death and sin and hell and the grave. And that gives hope to all of us. That's heroic. That's my Jesus. That's my Jesus. That's my El Gibor, the mighty God. Because now as believers in him, as a disciple of Jesus Christ, as I have taken up his cross and decided to follow him, I have been granted victory in death in him as well. Praise the Lord. So I don't have to fear death. I don't have to worry about death because I know that as as the, the scripture shows, to be absent from this body is to be immediately in the presence of Jesus. I know a lot of you in this room, myself included, Megan, people watching online, I know we've lost people that are very precious to us. We've lost people very dear to us in death, but we have the hope because Jesus, those that were in Christ, those that were in him, we have this hope that we're gonna be reunited with them again and we'll live with Jesus, our hero, forever and ever, forever and ever, forever and ever. Death for the believer is not the end, amen? It's just the beginning of our new life with our hero and our champion. And Jesus said in John 14, 19, He said, Because I live, you picture Jesus pointing to you. You also will live. Amen. Jesus is heroic because he saves us from our sins. He saves us from God's wrath. Romans uh, 4, 6, and 8, the Apostle Paul talks about this. David also spoke of this when he described the happiness of those who are declared righteous without working for it. Did you work for your salvation? Did you earn your salvation? No, you didn't, amen? Verse seven, the apostle Paul continues, oh, what a joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sins are put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of sin. We should be rejoicing all the time because the Lord has cleared our record, amen? And he's not holding it over us going, man, I'm going to, you know, oh, you better be careful because I remember this and this and this and this. And, and if you mess up, I'm going to bring it all. No, it's gone. Once you come to Christ, it's wiped out. It's cleansed. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's incredible. Because like I said, we're all guilty as charged. I said that earlier. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fallen short. But when we put our trust in Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. The Apostle John writes about this in First 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Yeah, there's there's not a sin that's too great that Christ can't forgive when we come to him. Praise the Lord. And you can't save yourself. Listen to me, you can't save yourself. I can't save myself. We, We can't be our own hero in this matter. Only by looking to Jesus and actively, actively believing on him can we be saved, praise the Lord. Because you see, he's our advocate. That's our next heroic line. He's our advocate. 1 John chapter 2, verse 1, the apostle writes, my dear children, I'm, I'm writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ the one who is truly righteous. I talked about this aspect of Jesus being our advocate last week with Wonderful Counselor. He restores that lost relationship with with God the Father that, that was created because of our sin, because of our unrighteousness. For our transgression against the Holy God, Jesus bridges that gap that was created, okay? And we are reconciled again to the Lord. The scriptures show that Jesus takes off our robes and our clothes that are nasty and filthy of unrighteousness and he puts on his robe of righteousness on us that he paid for with his debt. And so when the father looks at us, guess what? He doesn't see our sin and our, 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 our impurity and our junk. He sees the righteousness of Christ and that's where we have access to the father. Praise the Lord. He's our advocate. Just like last week, I gave that illustration. I feel like I need to, to finish the story because some of you said, remember I talked about Abraham Lincoln not seeing that soldier, but his son Tad brought him in and his son was the advocate that brought him in and, and somebody said, you, you didn't finish the story. Did the, did the soldier get to go home to see his family? And, so, and yes, the soldier got to go home. So if you, were, if you couldn't sleep all week because of that, I just wanted to cover that today, okay? But Jesus is our advocate. And Jesus offers us a better way to live, gang. He offers us a better way to live. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I'm the way, I'm the truth and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. His way is life. His way is truth. It's a way of the cross, a way of peace and joy and hope and strength in him. Many of us, as many of us have already found that out in the world is nothing but emptiness and vanity, Right? unsatisfaction, loneliness, hurt, wounds, bad stuff. Jesus fulfills every need. Jesus will truly satisfy every need that we have. Gang, that's heroic. That's heroic. And Jesus gives us hope. Don't worry, I'm, I'm finishing. I'm rolling through these. I told you, I'm busting through them like a big wall, right? He's heroic because he gives us hope. First Peter 1, 3 through 6. I want to read all three verses of this because I love it. In this you rejoice. Are you rejoicing in this hope? Though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been grieved by various trials. We have trials in this life. We have difficulties. We have those days. But listen, gang, we have a living hope through Jesus Christ because he gives us hope, amen? Amen. And whatever you may be facing, whatever you may be going through, you and I, we have hope in Jesus Christ. Look, we can be surrounded by enemies, yet we have hope. We might be to the very point of death, yet we still have hope. Because like I said, to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you living in that hope every single day? Because that's the hope he gives. Jesus is heroic. He's our hero because he prays for us. He prays for us. We see this in Romans 8.34 and Hebrews 7.25. The the Hebrew scripture says, Consequently, Jesus is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. Do you realize that Jesus is praying for you? He's calling your name out to the Father all the time. That's heroic. And Jesus fights for us. He fights for you. He fights for me. Exodus 14, 14, the Lord will fight for you and you have only to be silent. It's a great story in context about Moses. Enemies were all, the enemies were coming in on them and the Lord's like, just chill, stand still. I mean, that's the Hebrew, chill. That's what it means, okay? And I'm gonna fight for you. The psalmist writes, some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. And so usually battles that we face, gang, what do they come with? They come with anxiety and fear and worry and stress and heartache and wounds and we're up all night and and this is we're up and we're down, we're dejected, we're depressed, and, and all that. And that's what we experience when we try to fight our battles in our own strength and our own might. Listen, let Jesus fight for you. Let him take charge. He's our strong man champion. He's stronger than you are, right? Run to him. He sees our yesterdays. He knows our tomorrows. He knows how to work things out, right? He works on people's hearts. It's amazing. Something comes up and say, Lord, you got to move on that person's heart. And I've seen God do it time and time again jesus moves and positions things and people around jesus does the behind the scenes work he fights for you and he fights for me all for his goodwill and his good pleasure and you might be facing something or someone that seems insurmountable to you it's stressing it has you down run to jesus and rest in him matthew 11 28 and 30 So and you who are are burdened you're weary you're carrying a heavy load he says come to me and i'll give you rest stop fighting the battle on your own let jesus fight for you run to him the prophet writes in the old testament zechariah 4:6, it's not by might nor by power but by my spirit says the lord of hosts the closing team wants to come up. That'll be great because that'll signify to everybody that I'm almost done in 20 minutes. <laughs> I love I love this this last point of why Jesus is our hero. I, I I could spend probably the next five weeks just on this topic. One day Jesus will utterly destroy our enemy. I feel his presence. And he will usher in his kingdom of peace. That enemy that bogs us down, that tempts us, that tries to get us, man, he'll be destroyed. He'll be destroyed. Uh, I have a a whole, uh, five verses, six verses there in Revelation. You can read those at home today. They're powerful. Verse 16, though, of that verse says, on Jesus' robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings. And Lord of Lords. Psalm 45.6, the psalmist writes, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of your kingdom is a scepter of our brightness. Praise God. Praise the Lord. One day, gang, Jesus is gonna come. We see this, it's prophesied, it's told about in the book of Revelation, and man, he's, by the word of his mouth, man, it's gonna be awesome. He's gonna utterly destroy his enemies. The book of Revelation shows that, that one day, dude, the, 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 our, our enemy, the devil, he's going to be chained up by an unnamed angel. And I've mentioned this before. He's going to call an unnamed angel. He's going to cast him out. And, and the scripture says, we will look upon him and say, is that the one? Is that the joker? Is that the guy that's been giving us all the grief all the life? He's going to be cast out forever. And we will get to reign and rule with Jesus. Praise the Lord. Guys, Jesus is the Savior of the world. That's heroic. That's El Gibor. That's the mighty God. He is the Savior of the world. 1 John 2 2. He Himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins, and not only our sins, but the sins of all the world. John 3 16 and 17. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And usually we stop right there, but verse 17, the Apostle John continues For God sent his Son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. You will not find that in any world religion any world religions leader or cult or anything like that. No, only Jesus Christ was sent to save the entire world, praise the Lord. That's heroics of all heroics, amen? And he did that by going to the cross for all of us. So I ask, do you know him? Do you know personally the savior of the world? Have you made it personal? Is he your savior? Is he your Lord? Is he your hero? You see, we're all in the sea of life, right? And, and and there's times in life, man, our boat is, you know, we're the captain of the ship, and we're doing, and we're fine, it's great. The sailing is smooth, but then something happens, a storm comes, the seas get choppy, it gets rough. Our navigation panel is all messed up. We don't know, it's north, south, east, and all of a sudden, our boat capsizes. We're thrown off into the water, and we're drowning. We need help. Help. We cry out, help. We're going down, we're coming up. Help going down and coming up. You think all is lost. It's not going to be a tomorrow. There's going to be no hope. And all of a sudden, somebody shows up. A boat arrives, and they call out your name. You put your name in there. And they throw you a lifeline, right? And you grab it with all your might, and you don't let go. And the person pulls you in, and you're safe. And oh, what a joy. And you say, you're my hero. You saved my life. you may be in this point in your life right now where the waters are so choppy you've been thrown out the boat you don't know what's going to happen you don't think there's a tomorrow you don't think it's going to work out and you're crying out help maybe not verbally but inside you're like help help me I'm going to drown listen Jesus is there willing and ready to be your lifeline he's not going to throw you a lifeline he is your lifeline and i would say to you this morning cling to him tightly don't let him go no matter what happens in this life no matter the uncertainty no matter what's happening it may seem like all cling to jesus right because you need a hero i need a hero and last week, I, I said, I, I pray that if you're a believer who's made Jesus the Lord of your life, I pray that, you, that you've known him as your wonderful counselor and the same can be said of Jesus, the mighty God. Know him as your hero. Heavenly Father, we come before you today and I just, I thank you for your word. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for being the hero that we all so desperately need and still need. You're our hero spiritually, Jesus. You're our hero in every area of our lives. And I pray right now, God, for those that might be in this room, those that are watching online, God, you know where they are. You know their heart. You know what's happening. And they may be crying out desperately, help, help. Feeling like they're going to drown. Jesus, let them see you there. Let them see you there. Like Peter, when you're on the water and he, you said, come to me. And he went out there, but then we started seeing the waves and the wind and he took his eyes off you. He started drowning. He said, he said, save me. And Jesus, you're there. He reached out and grabbed his hand. You're his lifeline. Jesus, let us see you. Let us see you fighting for us. Let us see you doing what only you can do. And I pray that hope would arise in every heart and encouragement would arise in every life this morning. As we celebrate you during this Christmas season, we would see you as El Gibor, the mighty God, our strong man, our champion, our hero. And that peace would guard every heart and every mind that's here this morning. God, some in this church, are, they're experiencing some, some tough things, Lord. They're seeking you. I pray, Lord, that as the word says, you would show yourself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Let Jesus do what he can do right now in your heart. Just talk to him right where you are this morning in the sacred space. Jesus, we need your help. We are lost without you, Jesus. And we run to you right now, Jesus. Help us spiritually. Help us relationally, emotionally, mis- uh, mentally. Help us physically, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, if there's anyone here that's not made you their Savior. They've not made you their Lord. I pray that they would call upon your name. For the Apostle Paul writes that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Man, if that's you this morning, run to Jesus. Say, Lord, forgive me. Cleanse me of my sin. I want to follow you. I want to live for you. I want to be like you. Fill my heart, Jesus. Be my Lord. Be my Savior you pray a prayer like that, he's there. And new life has just begun for you. Hallelujah. He's here right now. Hallelujah.